There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome back, Lori and Julia Show, My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment on a very sunny Thursday afternoon. Hunter Roberts is in for Julia today. Julia is. Gonna do some skiing on freshly packed powder. Lori's favorite. That's right. Listen, she just was like ready just to go on a little road trip. It's getting a little itchy. Yeah, yeah. Need, need for the open road. She, well, she didn't take a February vacation. I no. mean, you and I both went away in February. Donnie is one of the rare people who doesn't seem to need to, as many vacations <laughs> as the rest <laughs> of us. But uh, if you can get yes. away, even if it's only, even if you're just going up north or south or west or just going somewhere. Something to break up the monotony of winter. Yeah, just something. Just something. And well, she didn't have that something in February, so she's just like, I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> so uh, off she goes. All right. Uh, so here's a little something uh, to ponder. Oh, please. Deep thoughts right now. Sharon Osbourne. Well, kind of this 50 de- uh, shades of separation from Heather Locklear or whatever the saying is. Oh, six degrees of separation. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I like yours better. 50 shades, 50 shades of, of separation. separation. Okay, thank you. Sharon Osbourne uh, talked about Tommy Lee on the talk yesterday. And of course, Tommy Lee was Heather Locklear's first husband. That's right. And then she had the amazing romance with Richie Sambora and they went to Paris and got married and we thought love was forever and then in 2007 when we were on the air they broke up and I remember Julie and I were just devastated. I'm sorry. Because we really thought that that was like rock and roll love. Oh of course. And now the stories have been saying that Heather has been on shaky boots Ever since she broke up, and you know, she might have divorced uh, Richie Sambora in a, shall we call it a perimenopausal rage? Sure, let's okay. call it that. Let's, let's call, call it that. That, that makes sense. It it, it does I, make I, sense. It, it happens. Timeline. It happens. You know, because then if she broke when she broke up with him, she would have been probably what in her late forties. Late forties, which is prime perimenopausal uh, rage. Uh, if if it happens to you and. Uh, from everything I've been able to gather personal and talking with friends, if you uh, went into having your periods, like if you had trouble as a girl, mm-hmm. that many times that's how you'll go out. And if it was easy going in, it'll be it easier going, easy out. going out. Sure. Just a hormone thing. But I think Heather and Richie got divorced and then she regretted it. Uh, and then now she's it was a hormonal it yeah. really? fueled divorce. I think that that's an accurate assessment. Oh, it happens. It, yeah. it happens. And no that, one Lori. talks about it. And, um, 
Uh, I've heard my dad, I've had, I've heard my dad have his funny uh, conversations that he has. He just, this is how he said it. Well, women go through the change of life, and even if it's a period of time leading up to the change of life, those five years before the change, (laughs) they are as moody as a 14-year-old. This is my dad's thing, okay? His philosophy. Yeah, and he's like, and nobody should be making any emotional decisions. And then I said, I go, well, guys do the same thing. And he said... Yes, they do, and he does agree, and he says, I don't think guys should make the emotional decision to break up if, like, everything isn't as rock-solid like it used to be, or there's Ah. some trouble Ah. with, uh, you know, their manly, you you know, their testosterone and the length and... And uh, duration of their wood. Sure, you don't want to flip flop on decisions. Yeah, exactly. Or blame your flippity floppity on your longtime partner uh-huh. and think if you get somebody new, it's going to work better. It isn't. It's so what the same. we're saying is maybe to your mid to late forties, all the way through your fifties, just the whole mellow out a little bit. Yeah, don't, think before you act. Yeah, maybe don't look at somebody with is figure out is your disgust really. Truly warranted. I mean, are they are yes. they in all other ways nice to you? But like sometimes you just are in such a mood you just hate, hate everybody around you. I just like to say the world according to the zipper. Okay, and it's and I but I words. agree with it, and so I think I. Heather Locklear. That's what happened with Richie Sambora, uh-huh. and she has not been able to make peace with herself or forgive herself or whatever it has to do. And then maybe she and Richie were, maybe that was a thing. Maybe they did drink a a little bit too much. Who knows? But like he was her guy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she just has not been able to get out of the spiral of sadness and maybe there's depression there and then you're drinking sure and 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 career and the acting acting kind of drying up too right we apologize heather for using the word drying because of course that's not what's (laughs) happening to you but honestly the last thing that i can think that heather locklear was in was there was an nbc series and it was called lax and it was based at the los angeles airport Airport. and that probably was what 15 years ago maybe i vaguely remember i don't think it was that that long ago Ago. No, okay. I don't think it was that long ago. But it was but, long enough ago where yes. she's not in the public consciousness in that way. Well, yeah. And you know what? She probably, you know, she's like, uh, I think she's really, she's been acting at a pr- probably early age. Yes. I bet she's had the same manager forever and he, she needed to get rid of and get a... A, a better manager, someone who saw her in a different way and could yeah. sell her and pitch her in different things. We are just solving oh. Heather Locklear. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this to get back, Sharon Osbourne called Tommy Lee a drunken bum who needs therapy yesterday. Speak it, Sharon. Well, yeah. she should know. She's known him for decades. Yeah, she says she's known him for 35 years. She says he was a gorgeous young boy, fabulous future he had when we first met, but like so many other, he's an addict, alcoholic addict, and he's been in and out of treatment. Here we are. I don't know how old he is. 35 years Years later, he's a mess, and it's because of drink and drugs. And then she praised Pamela Anderson, you know, about that she raised the boys. And she said, when Pierce Morgan goes, when he has people on his show, that's what you do is discuss your life. And mm-hmm. she said, and uh, you know, she says, yes, your 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 boys need a father, not a drunken bum who's lying on the floor drinking as he's calling TMZ. Yeah. 
Because he aired all of this dirty laundry on again, TMZ. After he, again. Last night, he quit Twitter. Buy social media. And then, like, three hours later, yeah, he's yeah, back yeah, verbally yeah. vomiting, well, drunk and Pamela Anderson words. made her statement to TMZ, too, and she was not holding back. Oh, she wasn't? Yeah. yeah. All right, listen. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out what happened with, with uh, uh, Pamela. But she seems to be fine. You know what I mean? She brings vegan food to Julian Assange. Yeah, okay, so she's not <laughs> yes, fine. The but, the but, but she's not harming herself. No, she is not She's not biting herself. off her boyfriend's nose and getting arrested and all of the uh, things that Heather is struggling That's with. It's a her. true statement. Lord. All right, listen, we come back. We might have random thoughts. We might not. You know, I saw this story the other day. Did you ever notice that? You know, sometimes I wonder what would happen if... And now... Julia's random thoughts. He looks like that puppet. I don't know. He's had cheeky implants. It's just random. That's all it is. Well, wasn't the last conversation random enough for everybody? That's what we do. I know. We it solved is what the we mystery do. of Heather Locklear. Locklear. I know. Oh, man. I love making up stories about people. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that theory about Heather Locklear has a lot of truth in it. I do, too. Yeah. You know, she actually has been in quite a few things since yeah, I 14 know. She, years ago yeah. in LAX. Well, that's the last thing I remember her from. No, she appears in different sitcoms. Yeah, she was in uh, Franklin and Bash five years ago. Anyone remember? Yeah, that? yeah, I do Oh, with Zach that. Morris. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, too Close to Home that aired last year. Anybody remember Too Close to Home? Oh, no. no. Okay. She was in an episode of Fresh Off the Boat. But that's why I want her to have a new manager. Yeah. I want her to be cast in something else. Like, she could have had a role on Riverdale. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. She, she could have had a get... role on Dynasty. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, yeah. as a completely different person, she doesn't have a good manager anymore. Uh, no. You know, I mean, or whoever, but that's what I would have been doing for her. Okay, so mm-hmm. remember, um, Donnie, we know Gail Rosenblum. She's writes for the Star Tribune. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Um, when we weren't, when in the days when we weren't so lazy, some we would have her on our show, you know, to talk about one of her columns. But now we just want to. <laughs> Come on out and fill some time. Yeah, fill some time for us. <laughs> we need a human she, being to talk to. She had a great, great story about um and i guess i you know i never i've never really thought about this you know just uh because i try not to think about anything to do with motherhood quite frankly i mean just all the things well (laughs) there's so much to think about it like just overwhelms me as someone who's never even had children but one of the things that i know uh julia and i have talked about is the like you know, Casey's kids are 32 and 30. And so when they were kids, when I'm, we, you know, when they were 11, 13, they did, there were no smartphones. There was nothing, no. uh, nothing of that. So we didn't. Maybe have, had a computer with a CD-ROM on it. Yes, that that's what was we had. That was it. That was groundbreaking. Very exciting. So now, now this, the next generation of parents, people who do have kids and, and this first generation of what I call the I generation yes. is, the smartphone use on uh, how to put that on hold. And here's a fact that should hurt a little bit. Peer pressure. This is a study from the Influence Central. Peer pressure to have a cell phone is reaching to younger and younger consumers. The average age of a first smartphone user is now 10 years old. Wow. Down from 12 years old in 2012. 
and Gail writes, of course, we could just say no to our children, but who do we think we are? Our parents, <laughs> that generation of authoritarian moms right. and dads uh, yeah. who had no trouble with the word no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we're, we're the boss of you. Oh, and if all your friends phrase. were going to uh, jump in a, in a river uh, through the ice, are right. you going to do whatever? Yeah. Yep. Age old argument. Okay, so, but they didn't have smartphones to contend with. We're addicted to them, so it's no surprise our yeah. kids can't detach either, or I should say your kids, all well, right? Well, and the apps are designed to be addictive. Exactly, and they're finding that out. So a grassroots group has arrived with help. And this group is based in Austin, Texas with a Minnesota presence and is trying something bold is a campaign called wait until eighth, wait until Until eighth eighth, eighth as an eighth grade. grade. Yes. Their simple goal is hold off on giving kids smartphones until they're in eighth grade. Flip phones for texting and calling are fine um, but the pledge becomes active only when 10 or more families from a grade at the same time in the school have signed up uh-huh. so mm. that they're reverse the peer pressure. Because basically, yeah. if your kid has a smartphone, they're looking at porn and they can send pictures. Yeah. So I don't know why any mm-hmm. parent would just say, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say, wait until you can drive a car. That would just be me. I'm yeah. old fashioned. <laughs> you know, it's like it's interesting how kids are so receptive to these kinds of technologies. Like, because they're playing with stuff when they're two. They're yeah. seeing, you know, their mom, they've got little fake phones. Mm-hmm. They've got... You know, all this kind of stuff. So, uh, and and the founders, she said, it's to empower people to do it and not worry, wait, what if I'm the only one? Sure. And parents in all 50 states have signed up. The number only grows. In February, Common Sense Media and SurveyMonkey released a study revealing that 47% of parents worry their children are addicted to their phones. And the concerns range from everything from inappropriate stuff they're going to mm-hmm. see to bullying. Yep. And the other thing, you the minute you have a smartphone, it's the loss of childhood. Sure. You're out in the real world. You're full, not reading. Full adulthood right full there. Full adulthood right there. They're not yeah. doing stuff. And my hope, said the founders, that eventually this will change the average year a child does get a smartphone. And if it's four more years away from that distraction and people can be in on it together. So the website is called wait until eighth, the number eighth, eight yeah. dot mm-hmm. org. It launched a year ago. GMA has done a story on it. She said the, you know, the sexting, the cyberbullying, it yes. just gets crazy. And well, and especially in during those middle school years. Yes. You, can you imagine having to go through that and having that kind of technology used for bad? And, and the gal from here, um, uh, she said her epiphany was. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. 
Driving past a local middle school, she said nobody was talking. Everybody was completely entranced with their phones. Mm-hmm. And it just really struck her. Yeah. Just, just and, the image of everyone being completely tuned out and having their heads completely into the phone. And I guess parents are more susceptible to the peer pressure that their kids are under from other kids. And, yeah. she, and they just said, you have your whole life to be glued to your phone. All You're right, only let's get, a kid once. Let's get Kathy on the air before we have to go. She raises an interesting point. Uh, Kathy, tell everybody what you told me. Okay. Um, how many homes now have landlines? Mine does. Okay, yeah, but we we are rare. Yeah, I know. We are rare. (laughs) Parents are getting rid of their landlines. These kids are coming home from school. There's an emergency. How are the kids going to call mom or dad? Well, they have a flip phone. Yeah, they said that they they would have a flip phone phone for texting. You have a flip phone for calling and texting. But but that's what I'm saying. You know, that's a phone. But a flip phone is not the same as a smartphone. That's just for dialing. You can't give your kid a flip phone. They'll yeah, be no, laughed no, out no, of school. No, I'm talking in 10, 11, 12. We're talking about waiting until kids are in eighth grade to have you. a smartphone. For a smartphone. Wait sure, until eighth. That's all. Yeah. Oh, and okay, earlier, right. have yep. a flip phone. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Kathy. Yeah. yeah. And you can still text your friends. And actually, the really cool kids have flip phones, phones now. Anyway. I've seen them in hipster bars. Yeah. They have it out as a point of pride. Yeah. it out there. Yeah, I know. Look at how fast <laughs> I am on the yeah. flip phone. I think they're trying to tell us something with their quick fingers. Something oh, I else. Think, yeah, I think so too. Oh, it's so <laughs> obvious. All right, uh, is the traffic obvious? We have no idea or not. Listen, when we come back, we've got Chris Hewitt. We're going to talk movies. All right, this one's sponsored by Cub and we... Now a trend has emerged. This is the My Talk Now Trending Report. What's happening right now? Trending online this afternoon, it's International Women's Day. Also trending, John Favreau, the director, will be writing and producing a live-action Star Wars TV show for Disney's upcoming streaming service. Coca-Cola is also trending for the first time in the company's 100-plus year history. They are dabbling in alcohol. They are going to be releasing some alcohol... Uh, Alka pop drinks, excuse me, uh, but only in Japan. Sorry, we don't get any of those. Also trending, Grey's Anatomy, Jessica Capshaw and Sarah Drew are leaving the ABC series after the end of the season. And also Amazon Echo's trending because Alexa, the uh, operating system on Amazon Echo's, apparently has been randomly laughing at people. Uh, Maybe it's laughed at you. I don't know. It's quite (laughs) scary. Yeah. I love that story. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. The computers. Skynet, I tell you. I Skynet. It's dangerous. Uh, all right. That's the trending here at my talk. Now you know what we know. See more at mytalk1071.com. Chris Hewitt, there's the Hollywood fanfare. What did you think of the Oscars? I really liked them. You I did? mean, I guess people are kind of down on them, huh? Well, you know what? I felt that there was a stinky stink all over the place <laughs> because there stink. was so much uh, hypocrisy going on to some degree. Oh, like Kobe mm-hmm. and, and Gary Kobe, Oldman. Gary Oldman, Ryan Seacrest, ABC, everybody just ignoring. And I've got questions for, you know, I've got questions about a lot of this uh, two-facedness, which I think is is just part of any business that yeah. relies mm-hmm. on looks and money. 
Yeah. <laughs> I have questions about those two, but for me, Francis McDormand's speech. That was amazing. Kind of makes incredible. the whole thing. That yeah. did. You're right. Plus, Plus he, Tiffany Haddish and Maya Rudolph. Absolutely. Yeah. I he, want to bear their children. He, well, they Tiffany so awesome. saved the red carpet. She oh, I missed that, the, but well, I read about it. No, I mean, the red carpet was pathetic, Chris. Yeah, it was yeah. absolutely pathetic. No one went. E owns it, and no one he talked to. Tiffany took pity on him, but she talked to everybody. She was just a ball of... Anytime anyone who's a first-timer at any of these awards, oh my gosh, they talk like, to everybody. I'm at the Academy Awards, I'm and gonna I'm going to let blast. everyone know that I'm at the Oscars. But it really it really stifled the red carpet viewing. Ryan rock-blocked the whole world because he couldn't just take a step back and be a bigger man. Yeah, he needed to say, I'm not going to do it this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just the not this year. Of- I'm not admitting it. And people would have... Thought better of him. It, it seemed like he was just, I'm going to just be a, another white guy who stamps my foot and said, damn it, I mean too much money. You guys just fix it no matter what. And he there he was with a big runny yoke on his face. And plus, who cares? <laughs> Nobody who's stopped. Doing that? It yeah. doesn't no. have to be him. No. It could easily be. In fact, what about Tiffany Haddish? What, about, yeah, what about one of the women? It just was so tone deaf. And I think Robin Roberts didn't cover it for ABC because they had a very weak and they own the red carpet when he has to shut down. Yeah. Robin Roberts wasn't there. I, I just. Who was that Vanity Fair woman? She was the, terrible. She was a pinch hitter for. She was awful. For somebody, no, she was terrible. And I thought Wendy McClendon Covey was pretty terrible too. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking yeah. more of the show itself. Y- yeah. So what, thought, do you, what do you think about the big winner of the night, The Shape of Water? Because I, I mean, feel like people were very divided. Here's my thing. Movie. Just my personal thing about the movie is I get why people like that movie. I don't really get why anybody would love that movie because yeah. to me it feels so much like, and I like that movie, by it the way. It's like a sci-fi musical to me. Well, it almost has of- an air of like, were we just on drugs right now when we watched this? And I think part of that is that it does feel like pieces of a whole bunch of other movies sort uh-huh. of pushed together in a way that's pretty elegant and successful. Yeah, I love that Guillermo. Like a, he seems like he would be fun. He like does. Fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was a delightful speech too actually yes, he and did. people are kind of for, forgetting in the inclusion and representation talk the guys from latin america i mean yeah, yeah. He, he, they haven't had a ton of opportunities either right and, right so. no and the, this whole thing i know we were laughing calling it grinding nemo <laughs> but you know people who are taking it so li- she's having sex with a fish man and i'm like well i don't know i always thought it was kind of hot a merman and a mermaid well, and <laughs> I, no. he has a really interesting a problem with, you know, I mean, what's wrong Lord, with that? Lord's it's, very open-minded. It's a fantasy <laughs> yes. thing. Come on. And I think he has a really interesting take on monsters and that they yes. represent people who feel like outcasts in society, yes. which has been him in the past. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I like the I, movie, but in the you, fullness you, of time, are we going to look back at it yeah. as one of the best no. movies of all time? No. We are not. No. And we might, if they had picked get out for instance say wow that was a really really interesting choice and that is a movie that's going to be remembered for a right. long time you're right about that so but we can count but that on often it. happens yeah i really mean does. brokeback mountain didn't win that's right. right yeah we went through the Go list down the list citizen kane it, didn't win yeah. yeah so yeah chariots of fire did Yes, yeah, it and did. that was the year of my beloved Reds, oh, which I still which one Reds. Oh. I love the movie Reds, and it lost to Chariots of Fire that year. So. Yeah, Warren Beatty's uh, 
Was that his zeitgeist? Was that the top of the last time he was at the top of the top? Oh, no, well, he's still got like, an Oscar nomination. Well, he did yeah. went on to get humiliated Bullworth. by Madonna. Bullworth in the nineties, I feel that, like, yeah. was the last time that we really had anything to say about mm-hmm. him or that really disastrous movie. And the Bugsy movie. movie was actually pretty successful too. It got a bunch of nominations. Yeah. So, oh God, we are. But I think Reds is his best movie, and right. it should have won. Talk to us about uh, Red Sparrow, the Russian. The we can't get away from the <laughs> Russians in this country. Every where we look russia <laughs> russia russia <laughs> that it is one of two movies that i think we're going to talk about today that remind me a little bit of movies the kind of movies that came out maybe more like when i was starting to go like to the movies the more in like the 70s and the 80s where not every movie had to be a blockbuster right and not every movie had to be yeah is this just political sex intrigue and ki- and spy and oh, like, poisoning yeah. and, i love it like just an it. adult rated r movie middle of the road roy scheider if he was alive would probably be in this movie probably. is that what you're saying yeah <laughs> i don't even well it is rated r so it is for adults but it's yeah. not even i mean it's just like dumb fun yeah like jennifer lawrence plays this russian ballerina uh-huh. her russian accent is terrible is and there's no way she would ever be a ballerina but you don't really care, care because yeah. she looks so good in her outfits and, and charlotte rampling is yelling oh, at her that she's got to be I a better love charlotte spy. rampling so is she the russian miss uh, headmistress who's she's teaching the spy the, master the person. spy master yeah. oh wait, wouldn't that like, be a fun use title your body for the republic or yeah. whatever i can't remember what oh. she says but. okay so is it true though uh, that there is no chemistry between joel edgerton and um jennifer lawrence or did you feel sparks, just even a blush? I mean, <laughs> I felt sparks just because Joel Edgerton has such an excellent abdomen. Yeah. Oh, really? He yeah. does. So eye candy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I guess maybe I supplied some of the sparks myself, okay. but I thought they were fine together. Yeah, and Matthias right. Gonarts is in it too, is, who is also super handsome. Who? Uh, Matthias Gonarts. He was oh, in that Oh, movie. I know who he is. Yeah. He's Belgian and super handsome. Yeah. There are a lot of beautiful people in the movie. And are a lot of these beautiful people unclothed? Yes. Okay, good. Uh, men and women? Men and women. Okay, so, yay. so yay. We love equal opportunity. The eye candy. We do. And it's just kind of fun. Like you could see potentially it becoming, I think it is based on a series of books. You could totally see there being a couple of sequels. And it's not exactly a female James Bond because she's more precarious morally than he is. But I I know this would be a good date movie. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Definitely. I think you would have fun. And even if you didn't love it, you can totally laugh about stuff in it. And I think you'd still have a good time. Yeah. Well, I, any opportunity to re improve my Russian accent, Chris Hewitt, I take, oh, I take I, the oh opportunity. Oh, my goodness. Do we get to hear so it? We get, oh, so boy, the next time go. you go to Zorba's and Brainerd, that you can uh, <laughs> oh. try out that one. It, it came about organically, <laughs> this woman, this alter character. It came about, uh, it really did. And her name is Natasha. Is she a super spy? I, you she, know what? I'm, She's a girl from Odessa, Russia, and uh, my father, he uh, he worked at the university in, uh, how you say, agriculture? Uh, uh, All of a sudden, I want some borscht. I don't know why, but Cabbage. I'm just dying yeah. for some. Oh, I know. So anyway, okay, so Red Sparrow, okay. Yes. And tell us about Game Night, Jason Bateman. This is the other one that I'm referring to that sort of feels a little bit throwbacky. And I kept getting reminded of, and nobody's even going to remember this movie. We might. Mm-hmm. Fun with Dick and Jane with George Siegel and Jane Fonda from yeah. like probably 1977 well, or something like that. Well, that movie was like remade. It was remade with, with Jim, Jim Carrey. Carrey. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. Was Leone. That was but the good. original one is really fun. And it's, it's sort of a caper and people are racing all over the oh, place. I it's kind of it. like an adult scavenger hunt. 
This one actually gets more violent probably than people would anticipate that it would. Who else is in it besides Jason Bateman? Rachel McAdams. Love. Um, Are she and Jason married? Are they yes. a couple? Okay. Yes. It's a bunch of couples that go to a game night. Oh, Kyle Chandler's in it. They oh. go to a game night. Mm-hmm. Jesse Plemons is in it. There's oh, a little cool. bit of a the Friday, Friday Night, night Lights yeah. reunion. reunion. Yeah. They go to a game night and it goes awry. And the mob's sort of involved. Terrible. Oh, violent, this sounds awful good. Well, that's a great premise. Fun. It is. And, you know, game nights are, speaking of zeitgeist, I mean, people love game nights. Oh, yes. And it sort of makes sense to do a movie based on one. And so, yeah, the, it's fun and silly and just. Yeah, I can think of it's another date movie. a game mm-hmm. night that happened to me in 1987 that Uh-oh. could have gone terribly, terribly wrong. <laughs> oh, now no. that I think about it. Were there weapons and Russian accents involved? <laughs> and, and and maybe, yeah, maybe a couple other things. Oh, no. <laughs> Somebody roll a snake eyes with those dice? <laughs> maybe. I don't know. All right, listen, we are with uh, Chris Hewitt. We are going to keep talking movies. we got to talk about the uh, Phantom Thread, the mm-hmm. Daniel Day-Lewis Movie. I almost felt bad for him at the Academy Awards. There was so little. Everyone felt so meh about that movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I, I wanna, don't. So no. I'll change that tone. Okay, good. We'll be right back with Chris Hewitt. So, what are you trying to say? Hollywood. Hollywood speaking. What is the meaning of this movie oh. speaking? Yeah. Well, Chris Hewitt <laughs> is Hollywood speaking the movies for us. Of course. True. You uh, can follow him at Chris H. Movie. Oh, no, it's different. No, is it different? No, what is it? Hewitt Strib. H-E-W-I-T-T-S-T-R-I-B. Sorry about that. All right. Well, that's right. You're over at the Star Tribune now. I am. Has anyone called you a traitor from the Pioneer Press yet? Maybe in jest. Probably in jest. Yeah. In jest. Okay. All right. So let's talk about Daniel Day-Lewis' supposed last movie he's ever going to make, Phantom Thread, which was... Paul Thomas Anderson directed, yep. and he is married to Maya Rudolph. That's right. Just to make the full circle loop on that pop culture package. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, I mean... Did you see it? I haven't seen it. I, the trailer looks wonderful, and I know two people saw it, and they were just like, mm. I have not seen it. Mm. I think that it's one of those movies that I'm getting a lot of either you really loved it or you weren't into it. That makes so, sense to me. That it's very divisive. But I feel like Paul Thomas Anderson movies are like that, though. Name another Paul Thomas. Magnolia. Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights Magnolia. Magnolia. Uh, Punch Drunk Love. What was the one with... There Will uh, Be Blood. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, the Scientology movie. Oh, The, the ma- Master. Master. The Master. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think we just named all of them, actually. Yeah, yeah. all right. Uh, oh, except for the most recent Oh, one the Joaquin best Phoenix. one was Boogie Nights out of all those. I love Boogie Nights. Yeah. Oh, and I love Magnolia. I love, love, love this movie. And it's one of those movies that the more I think about it and sit with it, the more I like it even more. Is it Hitchcockian, which is what he said he was trying to do? I don't. Well, I mean, there might be a little bit of a vertigo vibe to it. Uh He's this uh, British fashion designer. I like that right there. It seems like I'm ready to go. Yeah. And the gowns (laughs) that he creates are phenomenal. They all look like that 50s stuff from Irving Penn photography from the 50s. And how about how he did create and make a Balenciaga sheath. Yeah, which he always does. And he learns to make shoes or whatever for the, yeah. Is he the most method actor do you think that's out there? Probably, yeah. 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 I'm trying to think of somebody who would be more so. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's him. Um, 
And he meets this young woman. She's a waitress in a restaurant that he goes to for breakfast is one day. Is she noticeably younger? Is this the same storyline that we see over and she over? She is noticeably younger. Yeah. And oh. he, and you kind of think for a lot of the movie, actually, that it's maybe going to turn out that he's gay and that they get married even though he's gay. But yeah. that isn't what happens. Uh, but there is a twist, which really took me by surprise and which makes the movie much more perverted than you would think it's going to oh. be. Interesting. Now I really want to go. It's kind of a slow burn type movie. Like not a ton of stuff happens, but it's funny because he's this, he's got to stick up his, you know what? And she's sort of trying to break it down and he's resistant. And he has this sister who is very, very in control. And she's probably the one who's really calling the shots for him. For his business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think. Is that what he does? Does he create dresses for ladies of a certain money yes and he thinks a lot of his clients are kind of beneath him mm-hmm. and in fact some of them maybe don't even deserve the beauty of the dresses that he makes really? and they are really uh-huh. spectacular wow but i think ultimately the whole movie is kind of a metaphor for a bdsm relationship really Which you okay probably have not heard from the reviews but i'm saying it here so oh well, Chris, that's no. another level no, of intrigue to yeah, phantom thread totally. i'm gonna see it no matter what now <laughs> and what's the woman if, nominated for best supporting actress she's the one who plays the she's sister the sister she's leslie the sister. manville leslie is the sister yeah the woman who plays and who his she? wife muse uh did not get nominated and she's spectacular in the movie and wasn't gary oldman married to leslie manville yes Oh yes, she was. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. one of Gary Oldman's many wives. Yeah, he's. I don't like remember five, what number she what is. number she was, but yeah. I remember. Th- it's so weird that Gary Oldman not at the SAG Awards, not anywhere, anywhere, anywhere was he has anything about. He they're just like treating him like he was Winston Churchill, right? Huh. Ridiculous. I still haven't even seen that movie, which is Darkest Hour. That's got to be the first Oscar-winning performance I haven't seen in like 30 years. Well, what so. is going on with you? Why are you falling down on the job? <laughs> I don't know. You know, it was so nice this year. This is the first year I haven't had to work Oscar night. I just sat at home and watched them. It was really and fun. enjoyed it. Oh. Did but you I see Darkest Hour, Lori? I didn't because no. I feel like I got my... My Winston Churchill thrill and love from the crown and John Lithgow. Lithgow. And 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 Dunkirk. And Dunkirk, I saw. I know, I know, Dunny, but (laughs) I just was like not I didn't wasn't in the mood for that history lesson. I felt like I'd I've had it and then, you know, I'm getting some history from Babylon Berlin about after the first world war. I might be a little in that same boat, yeah. too. The thing that does surprise me about me not having seen it yet is Kristen Scott Thomas is in it. And I bow to no one in my regard for Kristen Scott yeah. Thomas. So I should get my butt into the theater. Yeah, we around. need to go see it. I'll probably just wait for that one. I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to go to that one. I'm, video. I'm telling you Well, that. then maybe you won't be able to see on video as bad as in the clips on the Oscars. The makeup is suspect as far as I'm concerned. There's something in the jowl region that isn't working for me. Oh. Like he would, Winston Churchill would shake his head. Oh, it was you like could he had see curtains it. hanging from his jaw. <laughs> and he won. And I wanted the makeup people from Wonder to win. Yeah. I loved a, that movie. And I thought that was just such a great makeup. And, you know, whatever. The, I was like, I didn't want him to get it for just having jowls. Yeah. I really thought Wonder. I was cheering for yeah, that little well, movie. Well, like so many people too. loved that movie. Oh, that was it, a it was huge... definitely a sleeper hit. Last and fall. there's a case of a really good book that also turned into a really good movie, movie which yeah. does not happen mm-hmm. that much. And I was glad, you know, I mean, I loved seeing uh, Owen Wilson and Julia Roberts. I just kind of, I liked that, but his nose, has it gotten more crooked? 
Owen Wilson? Yeah. I Probably. mean, is the butterscotch stallion? Is everything getting crooked <laughs> and bent with age? Gravity. Uh, <laughs> could could very us. well be, yes. <laughs> okay, how about uh, the greatest uh, showman? My mom is so mad at me that I've not seen this movie yet. She said it's so wonderful. I do not agree with your mom, okay. but I do, <laughs> do think you should see it. It's another one, actually. I guess this is my refrain today. It's kind of dumb. Yeah. Like, it doesn't really feel like it's a... If you wanted to go to it to find out about P.T. Barnum, who was the main no, character... No, you're played, not. He, you're going no. there for the yeah. spectacle. But P.T. Yeah. Barnum was song, not he was a very terrible. nice guy. No, he was terrible. That's to say... The, yes, thank yeah. you. He was a terrible man. Yeah. So why... And the when, movie does not make that at all clear. It's to see you... It's to see all these people sing and dance. That's why this show is put together. I mean, it's practically a remake of Moulin Rouge. Okay, yeah. To be all right, honest. All right, that's good. I like that movie yeah. very much. I mean, it's not as good as Moulin Rouge. Yeah, but it's Zac Efron and Zendaya, and I love that number that they sang at the Oscars. That was a great song. This Is Me. Is it called This Is yeah, Me? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the Bearded Lady sings it? She, yeah, she's really good in the movie. She's a Broadway person. Oh, in fact, she was the original... Friend, did you see Waitress when it was here? The musical Waitress when no. it was here? Oh, okay. She was in the original cast of that show. Um, but so, yeah, it's, I mean, if you go in knowing, okay, it's going to be a big, dumb musical, I think it's fun. Well, my mom said my gay card would be revoked if I didn't go see it. Oh, I okay. don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, right. Can't I see it at home <laughs> from my living room? Would that, would that be okay? I don't think it's in a theater. Your gay card. Yeah. Wait a minute. Why Can do I you keep have my a gay card? card? Yeah. <laughs> but what you're saying is that if you need that kind of spectacle in your life, that the greatest showman will, you know, satisfy, satisfy yeah, that. Yeah, there aren't a lot of musicals that. out there. No, no. there aren't. And, and we're the, and my mom said the costumes, and she said there were people were dreamy looking, and oh, everybody in the movie is beautiful. Yeah. That's another one. I mean, it's yeah, you just sort of listed all of them. Oh, Michelle Williams is in it too. I mean, her part's not much, but yeah, but is she like some kind of like a like a spinning lady? She's the uh, the, so the woman on the flying lady. trapeze. <laughs> no, but just spinning on something. On and spin. She's a giant spinning plate, Lori. Yeah. She just plays a giant lady. spinning plate. You know, she did something spinning on something. <laughs> okay, and Black Panther. Um, I want to believe there's Wakanda. I mean, honestly, Isn't I it? love that movie. It? Yes, yeah, I so love fun. that movie. It was really, really well done. And inspiring and uh, talk about beautiful people. That's another theme for today, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much true of every movie. Well, except for The Darkest Hour. But yeah, yeah but everybody he, in that movie is just oh gorgeous. My gosh. Michael B. Jordan. Oh, oh when my he, gosh. When he took off that shirt or whatever. Did you see the meme on Twitter? The, the orthodontist? Yes. yes. Oh, that's a great meme. It really is. And then Michael B. Jordan, we were talking about he's going to have inclusion writers in all of his, anything he produces. Because he says he's catapulted from one level to another, right? Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With this movie, Chadwick Boseman, even though he has paid his dues and we've seen him be brilliant in, you know, 42, playing Jackie Robinson, Get On Up, um, James Brown, Marshall, Mm -hmm. you know, he's been... I, you know, but I guess both of them now have that. They should be able to command the same thing as Chris Hemsworth and. And Denai Guerrero, I think, is another one. It's just, this is a movie that's going to put a bunch of people in a whole other category, I think. Yeah. Which is cool. And they're going to be able to make more because it was very clever how it was done. I felt like it was, uh, it was just. Not quite as clever as how Wonder Woman, how the story was given to us. It's just like a, a tick below. 
And the effects, I think, are not quite as good either. Yeah. It's, it looks a little bit like they ran out of money in a couple of spots. Yeah. In, in yeah. Black Panther? Yeah. yeah. Is it just too much where it's like my criticism of Marvel movies and Marvel superhero movies is that there's so much going on at the screen at the same time that it kind of compensates for maybe like... No, no? I don't think it's okay. that. It's more no. where sometimes it looks slightly video gamey, like yeah. one step sure. below yeah. how... And part of that is just because we've gotten so used to spectacular special effects that I right. think right, and the they didn't know notices. what this director was going to do. This Ryan Coogler or whatever his name is, they didn't know what he's going to do, and so you know they're like, oh well, we'll get the black guy to make Black Panther, and we won't give him quite all the money sure. and quite all the Maybe. stuff, and we'll see. And now this next time around, I bet you're not going to see any of that. Well, because he's movie. a huge, huge talent. He made Fruitville Station yeah. and the uh, uh, Rocky movie. And what movie, he did Creed. with that story, it's the same way with Patty Jenkins, with uh, the story of how they refreshed and modernized and gave us the Wonder Woman and now Black Panther. We didn't know we needed. Right, right. Yeah. I think that's true. Yeah. I think I think we will look back down the line and see that this has changed a lot, a lot about yeah. things cool. that happened. In the yeah, movie. Chris, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, we'll be back.